You know, as the days grow shorter, moving towards Christmas, many people's stress levels grow higher. And it really shouldn't be that way. You know, we, we have a song that we sing uh, at Christmas time most of the time. It's Silent Night. And, and it, it was probably for Mary and Joseph because they were out in the barn. But it wasn't necessarily because the people that had gathered where they had gathered were gathered because they were having to pay taxes. I heard some groans. Because nobody wants to do that. And yet it was, it was by the occupying Roman army and government that said, you've got to go back to your town of birth so that we can take a census, so we can make sure we get all the money we want. And so it was silent for Mary and Joseph, but it wasn't silent in the cities. I'm sure there was a lot of complaining. We hear a lot of complaining today, don't we? We hear a lot of people judging a lot of, a lot of things that they may not have had any experience with. You know, it's easy for us to judge. Now, one of the things that I learned was uh, I, would, I would talk maybe to my dad or my brother about the football games that happened on Sunday, and, and dad would always say, well, you're a Monday morning quarterback. Inferring that I knew what I was talking about because I had the experience that I did, and I had the insight after everything had occurred, and I could see what needed to be done. How many of you know there's, there's a difference between seeing what needs to be done, we think, and doing it? You know, we are not supposed to be people that just talk. We're supposed to be people of action. And, and that's, we see that from God himself. He sent his only son into the earth to come into a fallen, sin-filled, broken world. Very different from the environment he came out of. He came out of the perfect place, heaven. And we as believers are headed to that. But there's a preparation for us. You know, God is working in our lives to cause us to become more and more like Jesus. More and more revealing the characteristics of our king and of his kingdom. And, and that takes adjustment on our part. And yet God showed he was willing to invest big time to help us get back to him and adjust to what we were supposed to always be and always do. And Jesus endured an awful lot in his lifetime here on earth. And yet he willingly did it because he so loved, just like his father so loved. He was willing to give up his life so that we could have life. And we could enter into this new kingdom. And that's here and now. It's not, it's not we have to wait till we get to heaven to find out what the kingdom is like. We've been learning about the kingdom. And it is, I can't say completely different than what we've learned in the world, but it's radically different. And so we can't go by what we've learned and make that our reference point and think that we're being prepared for what's ahead. 
And so that's why we've been learning about the king, his kingdom, and we've been recently looking at the word of the kingdom, God's word. And today we're going to continue in this, uh, finish this up. You can't ever finish it up. Do you know what the longest chapter in the Bible is? That's right. That is exactly right. Psalm 119. Does anybody happen to know what Psalm 19 is all about? The Word of God. The Word of God. If you want to find out about the Word of God, go to Psalm 119 and read all of it, and you'll see many attributes and actions of the Word of God. And, and it's very important that we realize how transformational the Word of God is, how life-giving the Word of God is. And we've been looking at this, and we last week we, we kind of took apart 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. We're going to start there, but before we do, let's pray. So if you bow your heads, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence. Lord, we know that there's no place we can go, that your spirit is not with us, that Heavenly Father, you are not there. And so we thank you right now for your presence. But Father, it's not just about your presence. Your presence is around every person, believer or non-believer. And yet what makes a difference is we who are yours are looking to and listening for your guidance, for you to govern us and to guard us, that we would adjust and align with you. And today, Father, we thank you. We thank you that your word won't return void. And as your word goes forth in this service with the adults, in the youth service, in the children's ministry service, that, Father, your word is powerful, life-giving and life-changing. Father, help us not to be the same as we walked in. Because your word has become revelation to us. And as we are living your word out, it transforms us. And we go from glory to glory. Father, we thank you for the good work that you've begun in us. That you are faithful to complete. As we partner with you. Because you give grace to the humble. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in our lives so that you can do what you have desired to do through our lives. And we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, just to kind of refresh our minds, every scripture is what? Okay, we'll do that again. Every scripture is God-breathed. God-breathed. And last week we talked about how important that is. Every scripture, everything in the Bible that we have, whether it's electronic or it's a physical Bible, it's God-breathed. And, and when you take a breath and you blow it out, there is DNA particles that go out in the micro water droplets. That's what everybody was so concerned about in the pandemic, that they were concerned that this, there would be this transfer of 
what was in a sick person to a healthy person. Well, I want you to know there is a transfer that God does through his word from the ultimate healthy, whole, alive person to us that are becoming more and more alive. Because this is a process. And so every scripture is God-breathed. The, uh, uh, the Passion Translation that I read last week says, God has transmitted his very substance into every scripture. If God has transmitted his very substance into every scripture, that is unlike any other words we'll ever encounter. And yet, if we realized that there was something available to help our lives become healthier and stronger and better, we'd be wiser, we'd be less prone to being deceived. And in this time, in the last days, the Bible says one of the paramount characteristics is deception. And we see it all over. But if you knew that there was something out there on the market that could help enrich, enhance, and elevate your life, would you be interested in, in gaining some of that for you? We all know the answer is yes. Because we look at all the things that are being marketed to us in dietary supplements and in different types of food. And I want you to know all of that, some of that may be good and healthy, some of that may be just trying to get your money out of your pocket to them. But whatever it is, no matter how good or how healthy it is, it is very short-lived in its effect. And yet the word of God is not short-lived. It's eternal. And if we know that and we believe that, it's one thing to know something. It's another thing to believe it. And it's time for us as Christians to begin to believe like never before. God and his word. Because as that occurs, our lives change. And our lives change. As they change, we have the opportunity to impact the world God so loved. You know, God's sending you to the world. He may not send you to Australia or Africa or, or to a beach ministry, but you've got a ministry right where you are, in your own household, in your own neighborhood, in your own place of work, in your community, in your country. And yet, how much are we really considering we're here for that purpose? Jesus gave the Great Commission, go into all the world. But we need to start right in our own Jerusalem, our own backyard. And choose to let God change us and let people watch us change because of his word and his spirit. But every, every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration and is profitable for instruction, for reproof, conviction of sin and correction, of error, and discipline and obedience, for training in righteousness and holy living in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. When we conform to God's will in thought, purpose, and action, what would that look like? We have an example. Jesus. 
And just like Jesus, Jesus came to reveal his father and the people that were closest to him didn't recognize him. And they asked him, please, please, show us the Father. And he said, what? He was shocked. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And that same thing that Jesus came to do, reveal the Father, is the very thing you and I are here to do, reveal the Son and the Father. Because if we reveal the Son, he's just like the Father. And the Father is just like the Son. And if he's living in you and me, then they're seeing Jesus without knowing it's Jesus. And as we lift up Jesus, allow him to have honor and exaltation in our life, people are going to be drawn. Think about the people in your lives. And, and why are you drawn to certain people? Usually it's because there's something that is happening through them that is benefiting you. Is there anybody that benefits people more than God? No. And that's why when we let God have his way in us, all of a sudden, not everybody. Did everybody love Jesus? No. There were religious people and people that didn't care, and there are going to be people like that. But the people that really were in need, that were serious and sincere, they tried to get to him. And there are going to be people like that that you may not recognize but as you live this life that God has for you to live, because the word of God is dwelling richly in you, living big in you, Jesus is being lifted up and people are going to be drawn. And our honor and our opportunity is to help them see, whoa, hold it. Don't elevate me. What you're seeing in me that you see as good is God. And they, too, can come into a first-person relationship with the Lord. But these things are beneficial, and it helps us live God's will, his ways, his purpose, and, and live in action, revealing the kingdom of God. And so we, we've looked at this, but we're going to jump off in another scripture that we're going to take apart today, probably not like we've done before. But it's Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12, and we're going to read it out of the Amplified. One of the reasons why I like the Amplified is it's Amplified. It expounds things. It gives us a, a, a fuller picture and understanding than just reading something else. Um, it's not always uh, liked by a lot of people because if you ever try and memorize Scripture, don't do the Amplified. It's harder. But here it is. In verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 4, it says, For the word of God, the word that God speaks is alive, full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow, of the deepest part of our nature, exposing and shifting, sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. Now, this is, this is a lot to take in, but we're going to do it in the time we have, so you got to listen fast, okay? All right, so the first part is, it says, 
for the word that God speaks. Remember, this is, this is the word that God speaks. God breathed. What is God breathed? The scripture. The word that God speaks. How does God speak to people today? Through the word. And we will not know if God is truly giving insight and understanding in our lives if we don't know what the word is. Because there are many voices out there. And the majority of them are not true. And if we're listening and following things that are not true, what will that do to our lives? If we listen to things that are not true and we believe them as if they were true, it, it causes us to be deceived. And where there's deception, there's loss. And so we need to know the truth because the truth does what? It sets free and it keeps us free. And right now, there are a lot of people that are being bound up, not free, hindered from that freedom by things that are not true. And even in the midst of things that are accurate, that's going on in our world that would cause, promote fear and anxiety. We need to know what the truth of God's word is because what it will do is it will counteract that and bring us peace and stability. And so this, this first part of this says, for the word God speaks, now we can apply this to the Bible, is what? Alive. There is no other word that has life in it. It may make us feel better. It may soothe us. It may comfort us. But there is no other word that has life in it. Well, how do you know that? Because I know when we read in the book of Genesis, creation occurred because God spoke, caused things to become in existence, and things to become alive. And God breathed into Adam the breath of life, and he became a living soul. You know, we try and do that when we resuscitate somebody. That was originated by God. And God is the only one that can bring real life. Because if we, if we have to perform a resuscitation where we're breathing breath into another person. Do you know that if we actually bring them back to life, it's only temporary? When God breathes life into someone, it's eternal. There is no end. Oh, there's an end to this part of life, but there's no end to life. So, the word that God speaks is alive. Man, we, we, we beat feet to things that enhance our life, that enrich our lives, that elevate our lives. And, and that's part of the definition of the deposit that it, the Bible says the kingdom of God is a treasure. The kingdom of heaven is a treasure. That's the deposit that enriches, enhances, and elevates our life. That's what the psalm says about the word of God. It's a great treasure. And yet, why are we not so determined to get the word of God? 
We have in this country an amazing freedom, privilege, and liberty. There's nobody here this morning that is afraid that somebody's going to break through these doors and arrest every one of us because we have the Word of God. But it's not that way in every country. And yet, that abundance almost has brought a complacency to our lives because it's so prevalent. And yet, it is the most valuable thing we can have outside of the king himself, and it really is. In John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says the word was with God and the word was God. And in verse 14, it says the word was made flesh and what? Anybody know? Dwelt among us. The only begotten of the Father. And who was that? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh. And so we have this opportunity to take in the word freely without reprisal. Without fear of incarceration without terror of being beaten or killed. Do you know that people in certain countries, if they're found with a Bible or with the Word of God, they will be killed? If you don't, I want you to know that, and you need to be praying for them. We're going to meet these people in heaven, and, and I've always thought about this where, you know, I complain sometimes. I know you can't believe that, but I do. Just like we all do. And yet what I complain about, when I think about these people that are enduring what they're enduring in these countries that are absolutely hostile to Christians, Christ followers, when I get to heaven and we're talking about what life was on earth, I'd say, you know, it was so difficult. I had people that didn't like me, people that made faces, people that didn't want to be around me because I was trying to, to walk the way God wanted and I can't imagine what the faces of these other people that were killed are going to be when they look at me. I'm sure they're going to have mercy and grace and love because we're in heaven and we need to. But I'm going to realize how petty I was. How little I really had to deal with in this country. And how little I did with what was available to me. And I say that because I believe it. But I also want us all to take stock and consider what are we doing? What are we doing with everything that God has given us because we're in this country? Because we have the privileges, we have the opportunities that we have. Because we're going to give an account to whom much is given, much is required is what the scriptures tell us. And I don't want us getting to heaven and realizing, man, I could have done so much more. There's still time. And God needs every one of us to step up and step in to him and to what he has for us. And live. Live with him and live for him. But the word is alive. Alive. This, this word alive is the word zoe. And zoe 
is the highest and best God has to give. It's the high, this is not great English, but this is what I read, the highest blessedness of God, spirit, soul, and body. That's what it says. The word of God is alive. It brings the highest blessedness, spirit, soul, and body. Now, the challenge right now is for everyone here, you online, do you believe that? And if we do believe that, how is our life going to change? How are we going to interact with the Word of God? Are we going to just keep doing what we've been doing the way we've been doing it? Because it's familiar, and it's comfortable, and it's convenient. But it's not what God wants. God wants our lives so full of him, so full of his word, that wherever we go, his kingdom is really being displayed because we are children and citizens of the king and the kingdom. And his word is dwelling richly in us. The highest blessedness. This comes from the word of God. And yet, how, how are we pursuing the word of God? And yes, this is, this is intense. But we're in intense times. We're in the last days. Some people are wondering, why isn't, isn't the Antichrist being revealed? He can't be. Until the restrainer is removed from the earth. The one that restrains the Antichrist from being revealed is the church. And you say, well, I don't, I'm not doing anything. If you're living and allowing Christ to live in you and the word of God to be in your life, there's a restraint that's occurring. You're the light, you're the salt in the earth. And God is going to remove the church. It's called the rapture. And then the restraint is gone and the enemy is going to be revealed. The Antichrist. But we are still here. There are things for us to do. But we first have to be the people God has for us to be. And that happens through the word. He makes us alive through his word. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, in the New Living Translation affirms this. It says, for you have been born again. Now, I would ask how many of you are born again, but some people don't like that term. Oh, you're one of those born-agains. Well, you know what the Bible tells us? You must be born again, not of the flesh and water, but of the Spirit. And when we receive Christ as our Lord, we become a new creation, a new creature in Christ. We are no longer, we are in this world, but we're not citizens of this world. This is not our home. Heaven, heaven is our home. If you don't understand that, I guess the best way I can explain to you is when I would go into Haiti. Haiti is the only fourth world nation in our hemisphere. 
And when I would go into Haiti, Haiti was like what I thought hell was like. When I first saw it, it, it was assaulting. It was a, a, so different. And yet there were people in the midst of Haiti that were absolutely joy-filled lights, citizens of the kingdom in this dark and fallen world. Do you know that Haiti, the, the government officials of Haiti, made a pact with the devil? They sacrificed a human being And one of the things that we see about Haiti that Jacques Cousteau didn't understand was the reef around Haiti is all dead. The other half of the island is the Dominican Republic. The reef around the Dominican Republic is alive. Oh, it's just a coincidence. No, it's not. But going into that darkness, it's very different. And that's where we need to be the light. We need to be the light, but the only way we, we are able to be the light is to have the light of God's word and the light of God's spirit in us. For you have been born again, not of a life that will what? Quickly end. That's the life that we have currently in this world without Christ. But we've been born again, not of a life that will quickly end, your new life lasts forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Well, I've been born of Jesus. Jesus is the word. And if you're ever unsure of what you should do or how you should act or what, what course you should take or, or live, you need to become more and 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 more familiar with the Word of God. The Scriptures say, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's not. We've got more knowledge than we've ever had in all the years that have preceded us put together because of the information that we have through the Internet. And many times we've been so captivated by the Internet and its information you know what I'm talking about. Man, we scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and there's no end to the scrolling because it's entertaining. But it's not enriching. It's informing, but it's not enhancing. It's not elevating our lives. I, I, was, I was on my phone and I just got, I had some time to waste, which really isn't true. I don't, and we don't. But I thought I did. <laughs> and so I jumped on and I started to scroll and look at things, and I saw some of the goofiest stuff. I sent it to Deb. And, and before I knew it, an hour had gone by. And I know you know about this because it happens to all of us. But that's an hour I'll never get back. That's an hour that was absolutely non-productive. Did it change my life? No. Nope. 
Did it elevate my life? Nope. Did it enhance my life? Nope. Did it enrich my life? Nope. It helped me waste my life. Well, that's pretty strong words, Pastor. I don't know how to say it any other way. We've all been given time. And we're going to give an account to God about what we've done with our time, our talents, and the treasures he's given us. What are we treasuring? We need to be treasuring God's word. So, this new life will last forever, and it comes to us through the living word of God. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and look at the rest of this. The word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. I like the way the Amplified says this because it helps us understand that the word of God is not like any other word. There is something going on. It's alive and it's active. It's operative. It's energizing and it's effective. There is no other word that is like that to the degree that is. It causes things to happen. But we have to be willing to let it happen in us because God will never force anything on us, will he? We have to be willing participants. And that doesn't mean we just kind of lay there and say, okay, God, do it. God is not going to work in a place we aren't willing to work to. Hello? He has always looked for a partnership with us. That means if his word is active, operative, energizing, and effective, then we need to join in. We need to engage and connect and do what the Bible says, hide his word in our heart that we won't sin against him. When we sin, we get off track with God. And when we get off track with God, what does it produce in our life? Death. Sin produces death. And we just found out God and his word produce life. Our life should be like a fountain everywhere we go. And the Bible tells us out of our innermost being will flow streams, rivers of living water. That people would find in this desert and destructive world that we live in, this fallen world, they would find an oasis in you. Because the word of God is dwelling richly in you. His life is not just filling you. Jesus came to give us what? Thank you for not stopping at life. Because that's not what he said. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, overflowing life. Because if it's just up to there or up to there, then it becomes stagnant. 
But if it keeps flowing, it's always fresh. And if it keeps flowing, it's overflowing. And wherever you go, that overflow affects and impacts the people around you. But if it's just up to here, and somebody comes and dips in to the life that you have, you know how people make demands on you. And you want to help them, and we should. But if we aren't having a freely flowing life of God, the level's going to go down and down and down and down and down and down. And we get, we get to the place where we're like, I don't know what's going on. I can't handle things anymore. Well, the greater one's in you. Why, why, why are we being overwhelmed by a world that Jesus has already overcome? He said, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. He's already done it. And if his life is living in us, we're overcomers too. But if we're, we're just getting the level of, of God's life, of God's words, you know, here and here, and people are, are making demands on that and, and using that, and we're giving it out, man, the level's going down, and it shouldn't, because there should never be a time where the, the overflow stops. But that's up to us. What are we wanting to fill our lives with? We wanting to fill our lives with new cars and, and, and more money and better relationship. I'm telling you. If you get a new car, guess what happens? Exactly, Mark. It gets old. It gets scratched. Dented. You got a new relationship. I got to be careful. Debbie's watching. <laughs> All of these things, you may grow older and it may grow richer, but do you know what everything that we get demands? Us to continue to put into it, to maintain it. And if we're willing to maintain cars and houses and relationships and and, and bank accounts and, and all of that, why would we not first want to put in our greatest and most effort into our relationship with God who will always give back more than we ever give? See, we've been deceived into thinking all these other things that we have given our life at work to get money to be able to buy are going to make our lives elevated, and they may for a minute, but they don't do it long term. And so we, we prioritize those things over our time with God, over building his word into us that it will always return to us much more than whatever effort or time or sacrifice we make to get it in us. But it's not always seen immediately. So it's operative, active, energizing, and effective. Whew. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12 in the Amplified, it says this. Then said the Lord to me, I am alert, active, watching over. What? To do what? Watching over his word to perform it. Do you think God ever fails in fulfilling his word? 
He doesn't. Now, I will tell you, sometimes we think he has. But we are wrong. 100% of the time we're wrong if we think he has not fulfilled his word. But understand there's a time. The Bible says through faith and patience we inherit the promises. It says don't let go of, of your faith, your hope. Because it has great reward. When we let go of our faith, it's like fishing. We catch a fish and we start, I know most people use reels, but we start to pull the line in. All right? And we can feel it's on there. But you know, sometimes fish are smart. Where's Louie? Right, Louie? And, and, they will swim towards you and it'll feel like there's nothing on there. And what do we tend to do when, when we jerk and there's nothing on there? What do we want to do? Let it go. And sometimes we don't sense things happening the way we want to. What we're believing God's word for and God for. And we start pulling it in and we see the enemy trying to fight us. And then all of a sudden it's like nothing's happening. We let go. And the enemy immediately steals. Isn't that what he does? Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I am alert, active, watching now for my word to perform it. He's going to do it. We need to hold on to our faith and say, I know. This is what his word says. God is not a man that he would lie. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God because it's pleasing. If I operate in faith, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. How much faith are we extending today? What are you believing for according to his word? Because if you're not, you're not building your faith muscle. And it would be just as crazy for us to think we are going to be top-tier athletes if we don't do any training. If we just eat junk food, if we do all th sorts of things that are counterproductive, it's the same way with God. We need to be really aware. Do we want to be in top tier shape for God, to be able to be used in mighty ways? I know most Christians, they say, you know, I want God to use me. What are you doing to prepare yourself to be used? Because he watches over his word to perform it, not what you're crying about. Do you know God didn't rescue Israel? They were crying and crying and crying in Egypt. And it didn't move God. His, their tears didn't move God. God loves us, but our tears, our cries, our complaining don't move God. Do you know what moves God? Faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Until we know what the word says and we start acting on the word, we're not pleasing God. Does he love us? Yes, he loves us. I love my kids. They didn't always please me. Do you believe that? <laughs> you better. <laughs> so he wants to perform his word, but he wants you and me to hold on to it by faith. He says, come remind me. 
The Bible says you have not because you ask not or you ask amiss. Sometimes we ask God for things he'll never give us because it's not his will to give you that. But he'll give you every good and perfect gift. Isaiah chapter 55. Verse 11, the Passion Translation. So also will be the word I speak, says God. It does not return to me unfulfilled. My word. This is God's word. The scriptures. My word performs my purpose and fulfills the mission I sent it out to accomplish. Now I'm telling you, we have some... Our military is amazing, but we have some levels of military above other levels. And one of the things we've heard about are, are the special operations people, the SEALs, the Rangers. Uh, I can't remember the other ones. Pastor Jeremy? Pararescue. Green Beret. These guys, these guys train at another level. And they are the ones that if anything needs to be done, they're sent in to do it. Because they are able to be counted on in a way that nobody else is because they prepare themselves like nobody else does. They fulfill the mission. I want you to know, they don't get them all right. But God does. God has not failed and God will not fail. He will not fail his word. His word is his will. You know, I had, I will tell you this, I had a vision. I have only had one vision in my life. I don't know if it was open or closed, but I, I had an awareness that I had two beings on either side of me, one over here and one over here. On this side, I knew it was a being from God an angelic being. On this side, I knew it was a demonic being. I didn't see them, but I was aware. God just made me aware. And I was puzzled. I was like, why, why? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with this. And I remember being aware I needed to speak. So I began to speak. And as I spoke, just generic things, they still stood there. But when I spoke something negative, the demonic being took to action. And then when I spoke something that was true from God's word, the angelic being was released. And I want you to know, the Bible tells us death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? Right? If we're going to speak life, the only way we can speak life is to speak the word of God. It's alive and it's powerful. It releases and empowers. But so do the words that are deaf. We want God to be able to fulfill his mission. And we need to be speaking according to. What his word says, not according to what we see, what we think, what we feel, what everybody else says. Because they can speak death and we need to speak life in the midst, in the midst of that death. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Wow, you guys are listening slow. You got to speed it up. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, and all of us with unveiled 
faces because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Where do you find the glory of the Lord? Where do you see the glory of the Lord? In the word of God. But we behold our faces as in a mirror looking into the word of God. And the Bible says we are constantly being transfigured or transformed into his very image in ever-increasing splendor. This is how we become more of what God wants us to become by the word. And then it goes on to say, from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord. This is what we say on a regular basis here. God wants to take us from glory to what? Glory. How does he do it? By looking in the word, by viewing ourselves in the word, not who we've been, not what we've done, but what does the word say about you? Because we all have a past. And because of Jesus, our past is past at last. There is a new future for you, and it can only be found in the word of God that is alive, that is powerful. It's effective, it's energizing, it's active, it's operative. There are things that happen because the word of God is in us, because we're putting it in us. We would never think twice of being upset about not having food to eat if we didn't go to the grocery store and bring food home. Maybe you would. We need to talk. If we don't do the stuff on the front end, we can't have a bad attitude on the back end because we didn't do our part. The grocery stores are there. Do you know every country doesn't have grocery stores like we do? And if you don't go to the grocery store, you can't complain about not being able to eat. But if you go, you better bring something back. Then you can make whatever needs to happen to feed yourself. God wants us to go to him, to his word, to bring back into us what we need to grow stronger. I don't know how to say this any other way. It's as we're looking into the word, we see him, we see his glory, and we begin to be transformed from glory to glory, going from glory to glory. That's what we want. We got to do our part. He's given us his word. Back to Hebrews 4.12. For the word that God speaks is alive, full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, this is talking about a sword that Roman soldiers developed. Up to that point, swords were one-sided, one edge. But they did something that was absolutely revolutionary to battle. They sharpened both edges. And it was devastating for everybody they faced. And this is, this is alluding to that because it was a word picture that the people could understand. The Romans carried these swords on their belts all the time. Sharper than any two-edged sword. 
And it goes on to say, penetrating to the dividing line. It would just cut through. Sometimes you just need to cut through some stuff, right? You need to get to what's really there. Not all the smoke and mirrors and fluff and stuff. We want to do it with other people. We want to cut through to the bottom line. But we don't want anybody cutting through to us. And yet we need that. We need things to be penetrated and revealed. Divided. Romans Yeah, Romans 12, 2. It says, do not be come like the people who are belonging to the world, but let God completely change the way you think. This is part of our indoctrination, our assimilation into the new kingdom. Change the way you think so that you will live differently. We're in this world. We shouldn't live like everybody that doesn't know Jesus. There should be a drastic difference between how we live and how they live. It should be so real and so evident that they know us before they know us. They know us because they're around. They're watching. They're hearing. They're seeing. Then it's different. When I was living in Atlanta as a, a teenager... I worked in a restaurant that was very, very dark. Drugs everywhere. People were immoral. And, and I was saved. I didn't know what I know now, but I was trying desperately to live for God. And I had a couple come to me and say, why are you so different? They didn't even know me. I said, I don't know. I'm a little strange. People have told me that. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, there's something different about you. I said, I, I do not know. And left it at that. And I went home from work that day, and, and I was telling my mom and dad, and they said, why didn't you tell him you're a Christian? Oh, is that what they're talking about? And I went back, and I told them, and they said, that's it. We've heard a lot of people call themselves Christians, but they didn't live like you live. And I'm telling you, I wasn't living great. But there was enough difference. They saw something, and it was because of God and his word and his spirit. Completely change the way you think so that you will live differently. Then... Then, then, then you will understand. Look at this. You will understand. People are always asking me, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Then you'll understand what God wants you to do. You will know what is good. You will know what's pleasing to God. And you will know what is completely right. I think each one of those four things is pretty important. I don't think we can really live well without them. But this tells us
that we have to change the way we think. How do we change the way we think? What do we, what's our new reference point? Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Another translation. We've got to stick something different in. I took a computer course. It was a disaster. But the one thing I remember from it, garbage in, garbage out. We have so much garbage flowing at us all the time. And it's, it's just filling us. It's time to put life-giving word in us. Because if the life-giving word doesn't go into us, it won't come out of us. Let's go back to Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God, that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath uh, of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit. And of the joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. The soul and the spirit. You know that everything you think and everything you do and everything you feel is not necessarily what God wants. There's a lot of soul there. I'm a soul man. But God doesn't want you to be a soul man. God wants you to be a spirit man or a woman. Because our soul is associated with the lower part of who we are. We're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit is the highest level of who you are. That's who God brings alive when Jesus comes to be Lord of your life. You become alive for the first time in your spirit because you are dead to God. And what God wants is, God wants at that point for your life to flip. Because we've been living, directed and driven by our spirit, our soul, and our body. And that's why our lives are so all over the place. But when we flip and we feed our spirit man the word of God, there brings a stability and a strength for us to live unmoved by the storms of the world. Remember Matthew 7, 24 and 25? The parable was likened to a man who was a doer of the word. He built a house and the storms came. He built his house on the rock and it wasn't moved because he was a doer of the word. When you get the word in you and you start living the word, the storms are going to come to all of us, but you're not going to be moved. You're not going to be damaged. You're not going to be destroyed because God wants that for you. God wants that for everybody. But somebody's got to make a choice of what they're going to feed themselves with. What are they going to put in? And it's great that you're here on Sunday, that you've tuned in. But one meal a week of Scripture is not going to cut it. We eat every day. As a matter of fact, I think most of us eat multiple times every day. Some of us eat without ceasing. And we've got a great name for it. It's grazing. I'm just grazing. But if we're going to do that physically, why wouldn't we do it spiritually? Matthew 4.4 4 and Luke 4.4 4 says, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
God breathed. What is that? Scripture. That's how we live. In the scripture, there's life, there's power. And it divides, it shows us, it reveals. Man, that's flesh. That's, that's the lower part of you that wants that. That's not going to give you what God has for you. You need to start living by the Spirit. You need to be living by the Word. Elevate your life. Enhance your life. Enrich your life through the treasure, the deposit that God's Word will bring to you. Because if you don't have a deposit in you, you can't make a deposit in anybody else. And every one of us longs to have an impact, enriching, enhancing, and elevating someone else's life. And we think, if I just have enough money. You know what? Money will, will run out. But God's word will never run out. God's word never changes. Everything we see was created by the spoken word of God. Initially. And God's word is so powerful. And it is beneficial. But it is like a two-edged sword. And I want you to realize that the word of God is what is going to judge us. Not only the Lord Jesus Christ, but his word. You know... People say, well, you can't judge me. No one can judge me but God. We're not here to judge, but we are here to inspect. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. And there are times I've had to go to people and say, listen, I don't understand. Help me understand. I have heard or I've seen or I'm concerned about this going on in your life. And this is what the word of God says. Don't judge me. And I've had to give them this scripture. In John chapter 4, verse, or John 12, verse 48, it says this. He, Jesus is speaking. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. And the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last days. It's always the word. We can't judge people by what they're doing, by what we think and what we like and what we don't like. But we need to be aware, are people operating by the word? If they're not, if they're a brother and sister, we ought to go to them and say, listen, you need to realign. Because you're off track, man. You're headed towards disaster. You're headed towards destruction. And if they reject that, they've not rejected you. They've rejected the word. When you bring the word. But you've got to bring the word. And we always share the word, the truth in love. And I've run out of time, but I'm going to use three scriptures very quickly. Psalm 119, verse 89, it says, Your word, Lord, is eternal, and it stands in firm in the heavens. This is what's going to, going to fortify us to be able to stand in the midst of the storms. The storms beat on both houses in Matthew chapter 7, but only one fell. The one that stood was the one that stood firm on the word. 1 Peter 1.25 the word of God endures forever. Forever. It's not going to change. It's not going to give up or give out. And like I told you before, 
Matthew 4.4 and Luke 4.4, it's not going to be on the screens. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God that is God-breathed. We live by the word of God. Like every head bowed, every eye closed. I will tell you right now, according to Mark, the gospel of Mark where the sower sowed the the seed, the word, and the enemy came immediately to steal it. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things are going to come to try and choke out the word in your life. Don't let it. Fight. Fight to hold on to this word of life. Fight to build it into your life. Fight to fortify yourself so you can then impart to others the life-giving word of God. There's no other way. This is God's word. This is God's truth. This is God's life that he has for everyone, but we can't do it another way. Does it take work? Yes. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Nothing will bear more fruit in your life than building the Word of God into you. Well, I don't see it. I try, and I don't see any results. It's not always immediate. But that's like a tire jack. You carry a tire jack, I hope, in your car. You don't always use it, but when you need it, you can't use anything else. The Word of God is necessary. It's essential. And it begins with the living word being recognized and received as Lord and Savior. And if you're here today or you're online and you have never recognized that Jesus Christ died for your sins and you have never repented, turn to him to invite him to cleanse you with his forgiveness of sin and become Lord of your life where he governs you and guides you and guards you. Today, I want to offer that opportunity to anyone here or anyone online. And I would invite you to join me in prayer. We're all going to pray together, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who gave his life willingly on the cross to pay the price for my sin. Died and was raised from the dead, glorious and victorious, now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Lord Jesus, I come to you and profess I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. From this day forward. I am yours. You are mine. Thank you for saving me. Lord Jesus, I want you to guide me, to govern me, to guard me. Help me to hunger and thirst 
for your word and your ways. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all you've done, all you're doing, and all you'll do in and through my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer today and, and turned to Christ and received him as your Lord, it's a beginning, but it's going to require participation. God's not going to do it all, and you can't do it all, but together it can all be done. I'd like you to stand. You're about to leave this building, which means you are entering your mission field. You're going into a world that is fallen and dark and dangerous. But you're going in the power of God. Empowered by His Spirit. Imparted by His Word. And you're headed out to the people that He so still loves. And so, Father, right now I thank you. I thank you that as we leave, we don't leave you. You live in us by your spirit, but you also said you go ahead of us and prepare the way and that you would be our rear guard. Father, we thank you for this week, for the opportunities all around us. Help us be aware of what ones you have for us to be light and salt speaking your word that is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, but, Father, doing it in a way that is loving and healing. Lord, we thank you for working in our lives so that you can work through our lives in the lives of the people around us. Help us to have a constant overflow of your life and of your word, of your love and your peace and your joy of your hope and your kindness and your generosity, the people would see that we truly are different and they would know we are your disciples. We thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Have a great week.